Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, let's rock and roll today talking about our Detroit Lions here on the Heart of a Lions pod. Check it out. All right, all right, everybody. It's me, Mike Vanderpool. I am here today with uh, my good friend, Kevin Lawson, a.k.a. the Honolulu Blue Encyclopedia. What's up, Kevin? What's happening, Mike? How are you? I'm good, man. Just uh, getting ready for this uh, 2021 NFL draft. I have paid zero attention to anybody that the Lions are going to pick. So I'm excited to talk to you today because I know you know what's up. But, yeah, I've, uh, done a, I've done a, a minute or two of research on this. So <laughs> I think I can handle it. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, well, let's, let's, let's just start off by uh, talking a little bit about ourselves. Because I think what's awesome is you and I actually met on a podcast. Remember yeah. that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, our friend Freddie the Pizza Man. Shout out to Freddie. 8.7 Pizza Man over in uh, Allen Park, Melvindale, right? Um, the legend. Yes, yes. Did a, I was doing a podcast at the time. I was working on a Heart of the Lions fan documentary. Freddie invited you to the podcast. We talked, and then I was like, dude, I got to talk to this guy a little bit more. So we, uh, you became one of the, the – I mean, you were pretty much the primary interview on the documentary, which is – I can't thank you enough for that because I've got something cool to show my – my son and hopefully he can show his sons and all that kind of stuff. But uh, since then, I mean, that was shoot. What was that? Three, four years ago. Yes. And since then you and I, we split season tickets. We kind of hang out when we can at games. Um, I've evolved as a lions fan back from my remote control throwing day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And part of that is distancing myself a little bit from the team and what goes on off season and even, you know, between Sunday to Sunday, because there's a lot of stuff that goes on and I just get too invested and too involved. But uh, the draft is coming up and, and you know what's up. So fill me in. We're, what, what, what are, who are we drafting with the number seven pick this year? What are we going to do with that pick? Well, uh, no one else. Let's start there. Um, because our roster is so uh, devoid of talented individuals, uh, we're not pigeonholed into any position or player. Uh, We could go a number of different directions from uh, defensive uh, stalwart to uh, one of the three incredible wide receivers that are rated very highly in the draft to uh, there's a possibility a quarterback could fall into our lap and we wouldn't be able to turn it down. Uh, there's a couple of stud offensive linemen that people are already speaking of in Pro Bowl type terms before they've even put on an NFL uniform. So there's a number of ways we could go. And then there's always the ever popular, let's trade down and hoard picks, the, you know, every Lions fans fantasy. So we could go any number of directions. And really nobody knows at this point, there's nothing leaking out of Allen Park. And uh, nobody has a beat on what the Lions would do. Even the, uh, the top uh, pundits on, on the ESPNs and NFL networks of the world will all kind of slot players. And when they get to the Lions pick, it's either uh, everybody has somebody different there or they'll just come out and say, we have no idea what Detroit's going to do. So it's pretty exciting for us, actually. I kind of like it like this. Yeah, I mean... For better or for worse, right, next year we've got zero expectations. You know, I, I'm, I'm finally going to stop with my 16-0 and 0 prediction. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, what we ended up with last year and after trading Stafford, uh, everything else, Marvin Jones, 
uh, Galladay being gone too, right? I mean, we've got Hawkinson, Ragnow, Swift. Swift on offense. And then we've got uh, – who do we have on defense? we got like one viable defensive player right now. <laughs> well, we've got high hopes for both Jeff Okuda and Amani Oruwarie. Yeah. Uh, See, I, I'm glad you pronounced that name because I couldn't. <laughs> I stand in the mirror and practice every morning. <laughs> uh, especially considering our new defensive coordinator was an all-pro cornerback. Yeah. Okay. And then our defensive backs coach – is uh, his reputation for developing defensive backs is well known throughout the league. So between those two guys, there's a lot of high hopes that they can turn the secondary around pretty quickly. So um, everybody, we have no expectations, but to watch these kids grow will be pretty exciting, I think. Yeah, right. And and you and I, I think, have had this conversation before where I just want to see the team be competitive and improve and not make the same mistakes again and again and again, yeah. which as a Lions fan, <laughs> I mean, Lucy keeps keep setting up that football. We keep swinging, right? But, um, <laughs> but, but for your secondary, right, the best thing you can do is have some pressure on the quarterback, in my mind. I mean, make that quarterback throw the ball a little bit faster, make your job as a, as a DB heck of a lot easier. So... We found that out the last three years that uh, trying to just cover and not and not pressure the quarterback is a terrible recipe. Terrible. I uh, I don't even acknowledge the last three years, Kevin. Truth be told, I I, just, I actually put Bob Quinn and uh, Matt Patricia blockers on all of my internet everything. So anytime they pop up, it's just like an ad blocker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't. I'm not going to be mad at who they, anybody that they do, anything they do with that first round pick, unless they were to draft a tight end. <laughs> I think that's the only thing that would get every well, Lions fan. <laughs> there's a conversation to be had there too. Oh no. Yes. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah, this will kick us off really, really well. How about this? The number one non quarterback in the draft is a tight end by name only, in position name only. He is what people are calling the closest thing we've seen to Calvin Johnson since Calvin Johnson came out. His name is Kyle Pitts. He's from the University of Florida, 6'5", 240, runs a 4'4". He's got an 83-inch wingspan. He's an absolute freak of nature. And the only reason that the Lions aren't going to be tempted by him, in my opinion, is he's going to be gone before number seven. Mm. There, there's an ongoing debate as to, should we call him a tight end? Should we call him a wide receiver? Should we just call him an offensive weapon? He's dynamic. But he's so coveted, the chances that he'll be there at seven are really, really dwindling almost to, to there's being, there being no chance that it's going to happen. But I don't even the reason he was sitting there at seven, they'd have a heck of a decision to make because he's so dynamic. And really, we just need playmakers, right? I mean, that's that's the bottom line. You need somebody that can that can make something happen on the field. Yes. I mean, you know, not to get all geeky about it, but you line up Hawkinson and the two wide receivers to one side and put him on the other side. What's the defense going to do? You can't single cover him with a linebacker. He's too fast. You mm-hmm. can't single cover him 
at the corner, he's too big. What are you going to do? So now you're committing one and a half to two people to his side of the field, which is either going to open up one of the other three on the other side, or you'll be able to run the ball down someone's throat. So did he play the traditional tight end position then at, uh, at college? Yes, but he was flexed out at least half the time. Right on. Um, but he's, he's, he's something. He's something. You couldn't well, stop well, I wonder if uh, – oh, geez, why can't I, I – should I can't remember the name of our coach, Kevin. I'm, a, I'm an embarrassment. I put on the gear and I don't even <laughs> – Dan Campbell. Dan okay. Campbell, thank you. Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes, right? Those, that's yeah. the GM, the, our new GM. Um, yeah. Uh, Dan Campbell is a tight end himself. Maybe he sees well, something and knows something from about that position that he, he'd like to see some creativity out of that position maybe. Absolutely. You know that has to be somewhere – in the back of his mind, that itch to think, if I can get my hands on these two tight ends, being a tight end myself, I know it sounds crazy that you spent two top 10 picks on a tight end, but if anybody's ever going to be worth it, it's Kyle Pitts. Yeah. That will be there for us. Look, uh, let's, let's, say, let's say a quarterback was available. Which, which of the top quarterbacks would you want the Lions to potentially take? I'm a Justin Fields guy, and it's not even close for me. Um, that's crazy, you being a Michigan man. I know. Maybe you that's know? why I respect him so much because I've had to watch him, you know, uh, just torture the entire Big Ten for two straight seasons. He's back-to-back Big Ten Player of the Year. Um, I think he's lost two games in his career. I could be wrong. I could be off by one. But uh, he runs a 4-4, 6-3, 230. He's, he's special. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched him – completely destroy Clemson. Um, we're talking Clemson. We're not talking about, uh, you know, Purdue um, in the national championship semis, six touchdowns with the cracked rib, almost got broken two. went out for one play, came back in, threw a touchdown pass and continued on and threw six touchdowns and ran uh, number one pick Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson Tigers right out of the building. Well, and you know, Detroit, we love our tough players, right? Like you, you take a lick and get up. You're, you're automatically like, we love you. You're, you're, you're a lion for life at that yeah. point. So we're talking about the quarterback position. We've got Jared Goff, obviously. And where people stand on that is all over the map. But if, if we were to take Justin Fields, I would look at it from this standpoint. In our entire lifetimes, we've had one good quarterback. Would the worst thing in the world be to have two on one roster? That's where I think we screwed up the past three years. Imagine if we would have drafted a quarterback to replace Stafford, what we could have got for Stafford other than another quarterback. Correct. Oh, I mean, I don't want to talk about the past because, dear God, it hurts too much. But, like, that that just feels like – Behind him. And we've never had – we've rarely had two competent ones on the roster at one time. Now, that's a disgrace to John Kitten and Dan or- Orlovsky, but – I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> don't, sell, don't sell Kitten a short, man. He should have been <laughs> offensive – we should have fired uh, – I'm sorry. Uh, Marinelli. The combo went 0-16. Oh, yeah, but they had heart, man. <laughs> Uh, 0-16, which will never go – there'll never be another team to go – well, no, they could go 0-16 if 
then they'd have to go 0 and 16 to go 0 and 17. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, um, uh, they'd have an interesting decision if, uh, if Fields is there at seven. And I think for us Lions fans, we just got to be realistic. I mean, next year we win five games. Right. And, and no one player that we take right now is going to, is going to change that drastically. I don't think, I mean, if you draft a quarterback, they're probably not going to see much of the field, which would be fine by me. Correct. Um, so they're not going to have impact. You know, we, we draft, uh, we say, is it Pitts? Kyle Pitts? Is that yes. his name? As, as our tight end slash wide receiver. Okay. He's going to catch, you know, five balls a game, three balls. I mean, the, the interesting thing about, about football versus the other sports is like that one player doesn't really change a whole lot. Correct. Correct. Um, that's why I love I love football more than any other sport. Now watching it, it's just the ultimate team game. But but uh, I mean, who are the good defenders that we might? Act? Is there a chance we could take a defender in the first round? The only one that gets talked about of possibly going in the top seven is linebacker Micah Parsons from Penn State. Mm, yeah, uh, he's he's a monster. He's a monster. He has some off the field. Uh, things that need to be vetted and I'm sure the Lions have vetted them by now. Um, he's come out and said that he's had multiple conversations with Detroit, very good conversations. So I, I would imagine being the type of guy that Dan Campbell is, he probably had a heart to heart with the kid and, and let's talk through this. Let's see who you are. Let's talk about the things that you've done and, and why you did them. And if it's a character flaw or, you know, if it was a, if it was a one day episode that, that, you know, that we've all done. Yeah. Dear God, if I was held accountable for all the dumb shit I did in the past, exactly. <laughs> right. Like, exactly. And, and that's the vibe though I'm picking up from like Dan Campbell and, and both him and Holmes, right. Is that like, they're just real people. They're, they feel like they're down to earth. They're blue collar. They get it. I mean, that's, they fit Detroit. And whereas in the past we might have avoided some players because of those issues, we might be looking be right now. Them. I think they'll feel like uh, if if the person is not just genuinely a bad person, yeah. personality can be managed in this locker room. Yeah, there, there's this book I'm reading because, you know, I do a lot of reading and stuff about like leadership and whatever else. There's this book called like Multipliers, right? And it's about this idea that leaders can either um, uh, create geniuses around them or try to prove that they're geniuses themselves. I feel like we're, we're in that position where we've got some leaders who are now going to make the people around them yes. better, where, where the previous regime was all about proving how smart they were, right? Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Couldn't agree. That's a fantastic analogy. I need yeah. that book, by the way, when you finish. Right on. Right on. Um, what else? So first round, yeah, whatever. But what about the later rounds? Who are we looking at? What are our chances? I mean, I know it's kind of a... I mean, the, all these mock drafts and everything crack me up. Once you get past like the first 10 picks or first round, right. you're just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> but, okay, um, so, so to wrap up the first round, let's, let's talk about the two offensive linemen. Ah, right on. Yeah. Thank you. Panay Sewell, offensive lineman from Oregon, 20 year old, absolute animal. Uh, if he, if he isn't, doesn't turn out to be great, everyone will be completely shocked. He is, his movement skills, his ability to get to the second level and block is is top notch. Uh, Cincinnati sitting at five is probably our only, the only option of him not making it to us. 
Mm -hmm. He slipped by Cincy at five. He'll probably be there for us at seven. What position does he play? Offensive tackle. Okay. He played left tackle in college, but something a lot of people don't know, he played right tackle in high school, and that's where he would probably line up here is at right tackle. And he's already come out and said he's been practicing at right tackle recently for the possibility that an NFL team can move him. Don't think the Lions aren't one of those teams he's thinking about when he made that Mm -hmm. proclamation. Uh, The other one is Rashawn Slater. Uh, Northwestern played right tackle his first two years, played left tackle last year. His claim to fame is, besides just being a hell of a player already, he absolutely shut down and manhandled last year's second pick overall, Chase Young from Ohio State. On film, the entire world saw it. He absolutely handled him. And that's what uh, brought him a lot of notoriety. A lot of people think Slater will ultimately be better than Sewell because he's just so steady. He's just all game. Mm-hmm. You know, technique, it never, it never wavers. He, he's just a do-my-job-every-down type of a guy. I mean, if I had my druthers, Kevin, I would honestly have to go offensive line. 100%. I mean, I'm just I'm just the trenches, right? Like like if if you got a good offensive line, you can run the ball, you can pass the ball, right? Like you and I can fall through a hole, a big enough hole, right? For 3 yards. So now let, now let's talk about what the line would look like. Taylor Decker at left tackle. Mm-hmm. Last year's rookie Jonah Jackson at left guard. Frank Ragnow at center. You're going to move Big V to right guard, and hopefully uh, he won't break his foot again like Patricia had him do last year, running up the hill, trying to get him in shape. And now one of those two rookies at right tackle. That has the potential to be top five very, very quickly in the NFL. And, and, and right, Swift's going to be better because of that. Right. You put you put carry on blocking with them. That's going to make everything else uh, the, or protecting as part of that group. Then then golf gets better. I mean, everybody gets better when the line's better, right? On right. both sides of the ball. And now, the next two years, when you've got two first round picks each year because of the Stafford trade, yeah, you're building around that nucleus. Now you've got something to build around. You've got your wall. Now you can build around it from there. And that, that makes all the difference in the world. Instead of mixing and matching, there's, there's the nucleus of the team. Now we build around it. I, that really gets me excited. And I, and I hate to say it, but wasn't that the reality of what the Patriot way was? Like when the Patriots were the best, they were stable inside, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, when the Cowboys were at their best, yeah. offensive line. Heck, when the Rams went to the Super Bowl, when golf was there, offensive line. Uh, it makes all the difference in the world. Which is something so that, I've, that, I've railed was, on for years that we didn't actually truly address, right? Right. We, ha- we had an under- Wrong people. Yeah, yeah. We had an undersized center for a freaking decade and wonder why we couldn't win. <laughs> no offense. Yes. <laughs> he was tough, though. Yeah, exactly. And we, lo- and we love our tough players. But yeah. again... Toughness is only going to get you so far when it's a game of speed and size. What's that? If he weighed 320 instead of 290, it would have been a whole different deal. Yeah. So. So. Uh, We cool on the first round then? Absolutely. 
All right. All right. I'll take, I'll take any of those offensive linemen or, uh, dude, I'll take anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so moving on into the later rounds, I mean, I don't know, you know, hard for us to pick exactly who's going to be there and who we can pick, but like, who are some of the standouts kind of in the draft that, that you're looking for in those later rounds that would be cool if they landed on Lions? So I would say if we go any of the directions we just talked about in the first round, uh, there'll be a certain segment of the fan base that'll freak out because everybody says Marvin Jones is gone. Kenny Galladay's gone. Danny Amendola's gone. We have to go wide receiver. We don't have to go wide receiver in the first round. This draft literally is 30 players deep at wide receiver that'll make an NFL roster without, without question. So there's plenty of wide receivers to be had second, third, even fourth round that will come in and play in Detroit. Um, let's see, we've got uh, Big Ten country. We've got Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, Rondell Moore from Purdue, uh, Nico Collins from Michigan. Um, those are a few second, third round options. Uh, you've got Elijah Moore from Ole Miss, uh, Kadarius Tony from Florida. Uh, th there's so many options for us. Uh, Deami Brown from uh, North Carolina. Uh, I could go on forever. There's so many different options. Mm -hmm. You pick your flavor. Do you want a, a big guy outside that, that plays a jump ball? Do you want a, a five nine slot guy um, that runs a four three forty? What are you looking for? What's your flavor? So who do we have at wide receiver right now? <laughs> uh, Terrell Williams played under Anthony Lynn out in San Diego. Mm -hmm. San Diego. Uh, he was injured last year with the Raiders. They cut him. We picked him up. Uh, he is talented enough to be probably a really good number two when he's healthy. He has a, He's had a, a few injury issues, but he is not without talent. Mm -hmm. uh, Rashad Perryman, Brett Perryman's son, mm -hmm. uh, is here. He was a former first-round pick. Uh, he's yet to completely find his groove, although he did score three touchdowns against the Lions uh, at Ford Field two years ago. Doesn't everybody. <laughs> um, but, uh, Fitzpatrick is still living off that game. Right, exactly. Uh, Sam Darn, we could go on forever. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, he's on the other side of, of Williams. And then they picked up a couple of uh, late round guys to kind of fill in the slot and be the kick returner until we supplement from the draft. So, I mean, they've got bodies to run out there, but there's no true number one difference maker on the roster yet. And that's why people think we should go wide receiver at number seven overall. Well, and so let's let's talk about golf then for a second, right? Because we're talking about wide receivers. We obviously got to talk about the person that's throwing the ball to them. Like what, when, when golf was having success in with the Rams, and I personally may have seen one or two games during that playoff run, um, I'm assuming you might have seen and know a little bit more than I do because you just know more than I do in general. Uh, what's uh, what type of player are we looking for to, to really get the best, get the most out of golf? Well, in Sean McVay's offense, and whether it was tailored towards golf or golf had to tailor his game towards what McVay wanted, um, they were they specialized in mid round, really precise route running wide receivers. Um, guys that just run really good routes, a lot of crossing patterns to get open, um, 
that's kind of what they tailored their game to. Cooper Cup, fantastic mm-hmm. runner. Robert Woods, those were their guys. Um, but well, the Lions, the guys that they brought in, have all been tailored towards speed. So I think we're gonna we're gonna be set up a little bit differently. Terrell Williams, under four four. Perryman, four four. The two little slot guys under four four. So we have a type. So when mm-hmm. you're watching the draft next weekend uh, and we select a wide receiver, immediately go and put that guy, Google his 40 time and see what comes up. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, he's not going to be a slow guy. Well, and that's still been one of my gripes in the past. And again, I don't know everything. I don't know anything in all honesty. But what I do know is that the Lions don't get separation for the past as long as I've watched them, their wide receivers do not get any separation. And that's probably a combination of precision in their routes and their speed. Correct. We, we, we tend to have, have leaned towards big dudes who can go up and get a ball versus right. creating space. And I think that's why Calvin Johnson's hands look like they do. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Stafford's part of the blame there a little bit too. but uh... and, and even last year in the draft, I mean, and I really like this guy, but we draft Quintess Cephas. He was literally the slowest wide receiver in the draft. Yeah. He has the the very slowest the the forty of the at the very bottom of the entire wide receiver class, and we picked yeah. him. Yeah, so why would you tell you? Um, but there's a change in philosophy in Allen Park now, so uh, keep your eyes open for whoever we pick. I guarantee you he's going to have some speed. And the energy is good, right? Like, I mean, obviously the, the, this fan base is, you know, you and I have talked about this before and, and I've been involved um, on some different levels too. Like, and again, I've separated out some of the people I used to follow on Twitter and things like that, just to try to save my sanity. Twitter's not a good place for, for Lions fans, right? <laughs> or it's an interesting place for Lions fans. Um, but uh, the energy feels different right now, right? I don't have this delusional optimism that I've had in the past. Um, I've just got this like, like Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes and, and even Sheila, right? We won't talk about Rod Wood because we know how I feel about Rod Wood. Um, but uh, there's this energy that like, it's just going to be better. And, and, and maybe five, you know, I, I'll take five wins as long as they're good wins and as long as we're competitive in the other games. Like, at the end of the day, you're not going to go – you're not going to win all the games. At the end of the day, if you win one Super Bowl every 32 years, you're kind of average like everybody, you know, with everybody else. Like, there is not this, you know, this thing that the Patriots had or had the dynasty. You know, that's once-in-a-lifetime type thing for a lot of people. I just want to have a team that goes out there, plays hard, is competitive, and doesn't. And a coaching staff that doesn't make the same mistakes right. week to week. We want to be competitive, and and we want to see that there's a plan in place, and there's some progress being made. Yeah. It, you know, we've got to see Okuda play better than he played last year. Yeah. You know, we, we want to see. We don't want golf to regress any further and look and make it look like, man, we've got to draft a quarterback in 2022, no matter what. You don't, you don't want that feeling, you know, we've got to keep Hawkinson healthy, you know, so Deshaun hand, it's been hurt for three years. We mm-hmm. need some development, all those things we need to see uh, change and progress and hope. We talk about hope. All <laughs> yeah. <the time. laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's all we got, right? And once we that's lose we it, have. then we got nothing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, 
didn't they lions just hired us some other conditioning training person right did you see that happen last yeah. couple of days yes i did not read up on it thoroughly mm -hmm. uh, the yeah. restaurant had me in the headlock and was giving me a couple of shots so um a female correct I, I i just saw the headline and I, like i said i'm i'm i for my own sanity i try to avoid <laughs> anything between sunday to sunday anymore i'll have to uh, i have to double back to it and uh we'll talk about it on a future episode right. but i'm pretty sure um it was a female yeah i always thought i always thought that what the lions should have done with uh stafford and maybe even with all their future quarterbacks is put them in karate and learn how to take a fall <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if we if we draft offensive line first round maybe right there you go. that won't be as much of a need practice passing yeah, exactly. Uh, so I don't know. Um, you know, we'll we'll keep this short and sweet because too much of me isn't a you know, I'm a I'm an acquired taste, Kevin. But uh, it's always good talking to you. Uh, we'll end on uh, talking about what your realistic predictions are for next year. You know, we've seen this schedule. I mean, we we haven't seen the specific schedule. But we know who we're playing, and I know it's a silly question because none of these teams we don't even know what these teams are until like three or four weeks into the season, right? Right. Um, but uh, what are your hopes, expectations for next season? Not knowing who we selected yet in the draft, and not knowing how the schedule falls, um, I, I would say anything over five wins, I'll be very pleased with. Mm -hmm. Anything under four, and I'll probably cringe a little bit. If we go three and four, yeah. just even with our, you know, we know our talent level isn't where we'll in, eventually end up, but three and 14 will be pretty painful to, to endure. And we got to beat Chicago and we got to beat Minnesota at home at our place, right? I mean, right. If, if, if for us to see, I, I, for us to see progress. I don't want to. I don't want to start at zero in the division, right? We got to win a couple right. of games in the division, right. and then uh, you know, I'd love, I'd love to see us beat LA. <laughs> oh, that'll be the one that everybody has. To... Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up. I'm cool unless you got anything else you want to uh, uh, contribute here. This was great. Um, can't wait to do it after the draft. So we'll really have something to sink our teeth into. Yeah, for sure. We talk about some some moves and some you know hey how did this go down and are we are we better do we and the main thing will be we'll be able to finally see the beginnings of what the plan really is yeah yeah because brad holmes has done a phenomenal job i just read the quote he gave to the media like the last presser he did and there's like 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 he's playing poker right like, uh, uh, he was good. Yeah. Too. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, right. You can only, at some point you got to start showing your cards and, and this draft will be the start of that. So yes, exciting. It'll start Thursday. And, uh, I, I think oh. moving around, I think we'll, we'll, we'll maneuver the board a little bit. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he does. Well, last thing I'll ask you, where, uh, how do you watch the draft? What's your, uh, draft strategy? What's your draft day like? <laughs> I usually close the door and I'm all by myself for the most part uh, between Twitter and, and Lions fans, you know, the hey, it's our wall who talk it nonstop. Uh, my phone and computer are usually buzzing pretty good. And um, I'm usually hunkered down and 
just kind of geeking out. It's one of my favorite days of the year by far. Well, in the past, it's been the Lions uh, Super Bowl, right? <laughs> but uh, this year feels, I must say, this year feels a little bit different. It's probably not playoffs. It's probably not anything too crazy, but it feels like it's going to be better than the past few years. I agree. It's exciting. Very exciting. All right. All right. All right, Kevin, good talking to you. Good catching up. And we'll uh, see you next time. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon. All right. Take care, buddy. I want to make sure we take the time to thank you for listening to today's podcast. We will be back with more Detroit Lions action here on the Heart of a Lions pod. I want to give a special shout out to Kevin McLeod. He provided the music here. District 4, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Making it happen the Detroit way. Let's go, everybody.